Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? What the fuck sticks? All right, you know who you are. Let's just get on with it. Look, folks, I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank the Onion AV Club for giving us uh, number two for 2013. I'm okay with number two, penultimate. I can live with that. A lot of pressure to number one, I guess, if you consider holding the crown of the Onion AV Club's podcast of the year. Pressure. Not not so thrilled with Paste Magazine, but I want to get into that. You know why? Because it's out of my control. And uh, I'm okay with who I am today. <laughs> oh, man. Just tell yourself that, man. Just tell yourself that. I will say this. Today on the show, Ken Marino is on the show. Many of you know that uh, I'm on sort of a life, a lifelong journey. I believe it is. It's turning into a, a journey, a, a theme or a subtext or a substory. Can we say a B story to my life is getting all of the members of the state on my show. But today is Ken Marino. Had a lovely chat with them. Now, I do want to tell you this. If any of those episodes interest you, okay, any of the several Michael Ian Black uh, live episodes or his one-on-one or the Ben Grant live episode or perhaps the uh, uh, Kerry Kenny podcast one-on-one, Thomas Lennon one-on-one, Latruglio was on a live one, Showalter, David Wayne, all available. If you get the app, you get the free app, upgrade to the premium, and you can stream it all. I'll get, you can have it all, all of them. A lot of people are getting, it's interesting to have as many shows that I've I've done, 400 and some odd many shows, is that people who come into it new, uh, they're new to it. So they start at the beginning. So it's interesting when I see tweets or I get emails about episodes that I did three years ago, but I've gone out of my way to, uh, to treat this stuff as something that will be timeless. Uh, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm not saying it's going to last for eternity. I just don't hinge the interviews to um, to what's being promoted uh, in in terms of what we talk about. And I also you know don't hinge my uh, my my monologues to any timeline other than what I'm going through emotionally or what the uh, world is doing to me or what I'm doing to the world. I don't want to sound like a victim. So they're all pretty uh, fresh. I mean, obviously, some people who I've talked to have gone on to do other things. Their lives have changed. Some have passed away. Um, and I'm glad that I talked to those people. I'm glad I talked to everybody I talked to when I talked to them. Uh, I'm just looking for some authentic engagement, and I'm looking for uh, for some human interaction. And secretly between me and you, sometimes I have some emotional needs that I would like met by my uh, <laughs> by my guest. They might not know that, but they don't have to know everything. Now, do they? Can't we keep some things between us? Can't we? Look, I'll be honest with you. Today, for me... Is the middle of the day. This is the middle of the day. I'm recording this. I have an hour lunch break. That's right. I have a job. You know what my job is? It's the best job in the world. I'm shooting a TV show with my name on it. It's a lot of work. Not going to complain. But I had to run home at lunch to record this for you people because I care about you people. You want an update on the show? I'll give you an update. I can't be that specific again, but uh, it's, it's, it's exhausting. I will tell you that. Um, but the scripts, I can tell you sincerely and honestly and, and objectively, I think, because I'm fairly self-critical that the scripts are funnier than last year. Uh, a lot of the guest stars are great uh, and uh, the stories 
are fun. I'm having a better time. I'm more relaxed. We got all 13 scripts written before we started shooting. Uh, we just had to make a few adjustments, but it's very nice to, you know, as a writer of the show, as one of the writers on the show, as the de facto head writer of the show, uh, to be done with that once I start shooting is, is a relief. Because at the budget I'm operating at, we can't have an ensemble cast, which means we bring in guests and we rotate people through and we pace the shows out in a way where there, if there are recurring guests, that they, they happen sporadically throughout. So I am in every scene. And that is not a self-centered decision. That is not narcissism. It is the way it is. So I got to you know memorize 8 to 12 pages a night and get in it and start acting. And right now we're in the middle of the episode. We're in the middle of shooting the episode where uh, where my relationship sort of falls apart. So, of course, no bearing on reality. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I, I, I'll, I can't really divulge too many of the guest stars, and I can't... Uh, you know, I, I will closer to the thing. I do know that they are going to release season one on Netflix soon. So if you haven't seen them, you can get caught up. It is weird doing some of the stories that, yeah, obviously I, I'm a little further away from real life, but it, it is still very much real to me and doing the scene where I have trouble in my relationship um, is difficult because, you know, it's been two months since my breakup and uh, I don't know if I'm ever, I don't know if it's, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't feel like I can really date uh, in a genuine way. And the saddest part about being old and being on to myself, I don't know if they, I, I, I don't think that this has to do with age, but it certainly has to do with my past, is I can't seem to uh, fuck my way out of this one. Do you hear me? I can't seem to just go out and do some good old timey uh, act out sort of casual sport fucking. I don't know. I never liked the word sport fucking. I, I just can't. I hope there's no kids in the car, and I apologize. I don't know how you're going to explain that, but I, I can't seem to uh, to motivate to just go out and have uh, meaningless sex to feel better and avoid the feelings underneath. And I'll tell you, man, that requires some grieving. That is a sad day when you can't even say like, hey, you know, okay, obviously, you know, I can't, I can't just snap my fingers and get laid, but I could, you know, I could scream and charm and, you know, dance around a bit and probably if I go out doors and engage with people i might i could probably find somebody but i can't do it i just can't i can't engage in that way anymore where it's just sort of like i know that this doesn't mean anything and i know that you know it's probably not right that i'm doing this i know that i'm probably still a little fucked up about the breakup why do i got to drag this other person in this i don't know how they feel about it and believe me i do know there are no free rides there's no such thing as really i mean maybe for some of you i don't know but there's really no such thing as like yeah we can just have sex wrong I think that's how all three of my marriages happened. Ooh, two. Damn it. Wow. Slipperoo. Yeah, so it's a little sad. I can't seem to... Look, I'm not saying I'm laying off myself, you know, but I'm not going too hard on that. Trying to stay on the level, deal with the feelings, and also I'm busy as fuck. And I'm not the kind of guy... I've heard stories about people, but I'm not the kind of guy that jerks off in his trailer on set. All right? That's not me. I'm going to put that on my resume for my next acting gig. Don't jerk off in trailer on set. Do I don't do it. Haven't done it. It's quite honestly, my trailer is uh, a, little, a little shitty, a little stinky. Again, not complaining, but there's a fine line between, uh, you know, a mobile home and, uh, you know, sleeping in a bathroom. <laughs> right? Will Ferrell on Monday. Lovely conversation with a truly lovely man. Let's talk to Ken Marino from the state and from Party Down and from Eastbound and Down. And he's got a new movie out, too. So let's talk to him. 
Here we go. The Cheech and Chong one blew my mind. Wasn't that fucking great? I literally, I finished listening to it and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that was fucking amazing. I know. I couldn't believe it. Like the stories, like there's the, the, what they were telling you. Right. Yeah, I know. Was so exciting to hear because I was like, I didn't know any of that. And that's crazy. I know. No one knows. No, that, th- their story was amazing. That when was I, my, f- I think that's my favorite. I oh, think that's dude, my favorite. My, it's one of mine too, because I'm sitting there and I'm like, what? It was mind blowing. It was kind of mind blowing. Because we, we, it, it's like with anybody, we make these assumptions about who, you know, we, they are and who we think they are. And then when they listen to them and you realize like Chong's been wearing the pants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so like they'll talk about anything. They they're don't like, give a fuck yeah, anymore. Like, yeah, like like what do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, I was I had a girlfriend and I was married and like yeah, yeah there was this strip club and we did like and you're like what did you do wet and you and you dodged the draft and like yeah. Vancouver you went where and you were sculpting and it, it was, was crazy. crazy. It, was it was crazy. I loved it. I did, were you a Cheech and Chong kid? Yes. I mean, yeah. I had Big Bamboo and I right. listened to Big Bamboo over and over and over and right. over and over. You know, and so. Like, you know, when people like talk, you know, say, hey, well, what are your influences? I don't think about Cheech and Chong, but like I can, Cheech and Chong and George Carlin's Class Clown, I can say yeah. word for word, right? Right, yeah. But I don't think about, but I think of George Carlin, you right, know? Right, right, yeah. Not that I'm a stand-up. But, right. But like uh, that, that, but I never go, I never think about that Cheech and Chong and then I listen to it I'm like... My God, that was like the biggest exactly influence because it was sketch and it yeah. was like and those guys were just playing characters and, yeah. and it was it was funny and it was raw and it was like loose and gooey yeah. and yeah I don't think they get their uh, their I don't think they get their the respect that they deserve because they were like they were it and I think one, that's one of the things about listening to that that when I was talking to them it's like they were the they were the first huge modern comedy record everyone fucking knew Cheech and Chong yeah but you know one never really talks about Cheech and Chong never really puts them up in the pantheon of important comics but they were except huge. for JJ Jimmy Walker who oh, you had and I was like that was crazy the, to get for that like that's the guy who like put him into context you know, and, and I was like that's crazy yeah but it make I, I guess it made sense. I mean, I, it just honestly, I listen. I don't listen to like many other podcasts. Right. I listen to some. Yeah, where are you I listen going? to yours a lot. Yeah. Um, but I I applauded at the end of it. I, I like that was the only time I was like, it was like you know when you watch a really good movie, you're invited to a really good movie. Yeah. yeah. Before the movie comes out and it's really good, and yeah. so you're like, oh, oh my, my god, that was great. Yeah. That's what that that particular uh, uh, interview was. Well, for thank me. you, man. Oh, please. I I was great. I was pretty fucking. Uh, you stoked, right? Yeah. When I got done with that, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. I like because it was so it was so surprising. I feel like you did it at the end, like you do you do mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, recap mm-hmm. at the end, and you're like, was that fucking amazing <laughs> or what? And I was like, well, uh, I think it was in a parking lot in Santa Monica, and I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Where do you Sorry. live? You live down there? No, I was. Uh, I went there to do uh, a, a DVD commentary for this movie. I did. Um, uh, that's uh, bad Milo about this oh, ass so you, demon thing. You did the, <laughs> you say it like it's like yeah the ass the thing. In the no, world. no, it's it's actually uh, really good for an like if, if, for 
For an Ass Demon movie, it's it's, well, no, it's it looks really good. good. It looks like it's like old school kind of eighties horror thing. It's a throwback to like you know, it's a practical puppet, which is really cool. And that's the first I've heard that phrase, a practical puppet. It's a practical puppet. as opposed a, to an unreasonable puppet. It's an unreasonable. Right, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, it's it's not. I mean, I meant it's yeah. it's not CGI. It's right. Not so they so they use like a, a puppet on set. And, and who was, was the guy that directed it? Who's Jacob Vaughn. Was it his big idea? Yeah, it was his idea. Uh, but I got into it because um, Mark Duplass, yeah, and the Duplass brothers sure. were producing it. Oh, really? So he called me up and he's like, "Hey, you you want to? Uh, um, you interested in doing this movie?" And I'm like, "Mark Duplass is calling him. Mm. Fuck yeah! I oh yeah, do this movie." And, but you thought maybe uh, like yeah, a, like a like a like a, a thing cute exploring, couple-y, you know, like, it's something exploring like you know like. Your age, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and then he's like, it's about. Well, he's like, you want to, you should read it first. I'm like, why? And he's like, well, it's a, it's about a, and like this monster that comes out of your ass. And mm-hmm. I was like, in my head, I'm like, well, no. If you knew my work, I mean, he he might know my work, but yeah. if you've seen anything I do, then you would know that that's right up my alley because <laughs> anything I've done involves some sort of toilet or me sitting on a toilet or some. If I write it, somebody else sitting on a toilet or commenting about a shit or something. So <laughs> is that true? It is true. Yeah. <laughs> You fixated? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was growing up, my dad was a cesspool cleaner. So the first stop it. Yeah. So when I, so the, and a plumber. He was a clam digger, and then that business died out. I wrote a movie about it called Diggers, and did uh, it get made? Yeah, it got made. Paul Rudd's in it, and Ron Eldard. When was that? In uh, about maybe oh God, eight years ago, six, seven years ago, well, five so, years ago, six so, years ago. So let's go back then. So what'd you grow up on the island? I grew up on Long Island. Yeah. Which part? Uh, Suffolk County, South Shore. I grew up in uh, uh, West Islip, and then uh, also Mariches, which was a little further out east. That, did, my my parents moved uh, once. Uh, the once, clams dried up. Once the clams dried up, basically. Is well, I mean, with the clams dried up, and then we moved to Pennsylvania for like six months, and then they moved without a job, and realized, oh, we can't live here without work, and can't get work, so let's move back. And then we lived upstairs for my grandmother. Wow. For a little while, and then we got a house in I, West Islip. I just talked to uh, who was it? Jim Brewer is a uh, Long Island guy, like uh, yeah. island guy. I don't, I can't. Remember I don't what, know him. Yeah, I don't remember what party came from, but it's a very specific part of the island, like uh, yes. where the working people live. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So now clam digging. My dad was a. I mean, everybody was like back in the seventies. Would you get quahogs? What kind of clams were you pulling out of there? Little necks and, oh, little and cherries necks? and anything you know. Cherry stones. Yeah, you would get. Uh, I mean, I was. It was nineteen seventy-five, seventy-six. Back when so was, clam digging was hot. I was. Well, you know, they say back then. Yeah. You, there were so many clam diggers that you can walk across the bay across boats. <laughs> Really? That's a, that, but and it depleted that that depleted the the bay bottom, as well as pollution and these corporations that came in and kind of took up sections. And that's why, for a while, everybody was a clam digger. You were either like a recreational clam digger or you you did it as a profession and you actually made some money. And then at a certain point, it all dried up. And so now I think there's like maybe a hundred clam digger licenses oh, put so out they every dug, year. They dug up all the clams. Yeah, everything's you know it's with those to, big long clam digging shovels. Yeah, with the big rake and the you know like the big uh, like um, you know the, the, the pipe with the teeth at the yeah, top, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. go and, and have the teeth at the bottom, and, and you kind of dig it and you pull it up, and then you kind of empty it out. Or they would have tongs. You yeah, know, yeah, tongue. yeah. And you'd have to see where the bubbles were or something. I can't. No, nah, I mean, I think they just dropped the shit in there. I mean, I, I the bubbles are like if you're like on the beach right. and you're walking and right, you're digging right. with your feet. But right. Like these guys were like 
in a you few know, going feet of water. 20, 20 feet down. Oh, really? You know, 10, 10, 15, 20 feet down. So they, they would just drop it off the boat and hope for the best and pull shit up? There was yeah, that they many would go clams? Down there, yeah, and you'd feel it in the, you'd feel it in the, uh, in the, in the pole that you mm-hmm. had. You'd, 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 did you, you go can, out, you go out on the boat with them then? Again, I was young. I did. I don't remember much what, about. When were you born? I was born 68. Okay. For, I'll be 45 in December. So you remember it anyway. I do remember. Yeah, yeah. well, I wrote a movie about it. Why not? The, but, but you had to do some research, I would think. I did. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I remembered it, and I, and then I, I researched it a little bit, but it was about the these guys kind of doing it because everybody else, you know, their 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 parents did it. And, yeah. But, the, but it's about a dying community and, like, what people do. And How was it received? It was received really well for, for a small movie. I didn't. I, I'm sorry. I didn't see it. I feel you should bad. see it. I think you'd like it. Of uh, you know, I, I mean, it's it's a kind of a slice of life. It's sort of like, um, like a diner type movie. Right. Diner right. was a big influence uh, when I was growing up, and so um, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't write. I didn't know I wanted to write a movie, but then when I saw like the other state guys like making movies, the competitive nature of me was like, well, I'll go, I can write a fucking movie. I'm going to write a movie. <clears throat> and I set out to write a like a big broad comedy, but what right. it wound up being was this like kind of small slice of life. I should, yeah. I'll, 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 I can, I can, I can, I can find it. No, I'd like to see it. But Paul Rudd's in it, and um, Ron Eldard and me, and Josh Hamilton of the Clam Diggers, yeah, and yeah. then um, uh, Maura Tierney and Sarah Paulson and um, uh, Lauren Ambrose are the women in it. Are they wives or girlfriends? Uh, one's a girl from the city, one's my wife, and one is uh, the sister of Paul Rudd. Is your old man still alive? He dies within the... F- oh, 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 in, in, in the real movie? Life? Oh, in real life, my old man's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you were able to sit there and talk to him about clam digging? Yeah. Bring him back? Yeah, he, you know, it's it's not like he's like old and nostalgic about no, it. He's, it was... you know, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we used to you know, do, dig the clams, and that's what we did, and I say, you know... Yeah. How did you call them? Oh, you know, we went like this, and we did it. Yeah. And then they, and then they actually bought, or you know, I, I had to buy like an old shitty because yeah. it was a period piece. It was set right. in 1976, so we had to buy an old shitty uh, clam boat mm-hmm. for Paul's character, and actually everybody's character, but like the main yeah. uh, boat was There's Paul's. a specific boat. Yeah, it was just yeah, the, yeah. It's got it doesn't have um, you know high sides. Uh-huh. And uh, it, you know it's got like a, it, they're just a little they're little ratty boats basically. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, uh, so then my dad and my mom kept it in the in their backyard. Like we live on this little creek, and they, they kept it in their backyard for the last eight years. They finally gave it away. But I mean, it was a piece of shit. But yeah. they were like they couldn't let it go. Aww, you know, because yeah. because the 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 movie is sort of a love letter to growing up on Long Island and a love letter to my dad. Yeah. And like what he did and yeah, like yeah, the yeah. struggles that he went through like when I was a kid. The struggles were what? He was uh you know in and out of work or Yeah, I mean, you know, we were just it wasn't like a uh it was we weren't a wealthy family. Sure. We we, we were we were struggling, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, yeah. when we were younger. How many kids were there? Uh just me and my sister. I mean, we weren't struggling like like, no, no, I know what you mean. It's a working class sort of existence class, yeah, yeah. in Long Island, which is a pretty tight community usually. I mean, probably there was, there's always like, uh, were you, did you live in an Italian neighborhood or what? Yeah. Or was it not a neighborhood no, specific? No, it wasn't neighborhood specific. I mean, you know, we... we uh, you are Italian, aren't you? I am part Italian, yeah. Uh, my dad's Italian and my mom's uh, Ukrainian and Italian. Ukrainian and Italian? Yeah, yeah. A lot How'd of, that happen? A lot of Ukrainians... Uh, well, I guess... Um, <laughs> Well, Ukrainian and, a, and an Italian yeah. fucked and then made yeah. my mom. No, I know yeah. that, but how, how do you get from the Ukraine to Italy? 
I mean, were they, or did she? Well, no, she, they all met in like Brooklyn okay, or like Long right, Island. All right, there, all right. You know. So that makes more sense. Yeah. It was a melting pot romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all, yeah everybody's yeah. from Brooklyn originally, yeah. right? <laughs> You're right. It's where it all started in Brooklyn. So wait, no, getting back to the cesspool thing and your obsession with poop. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he started, when did he start doing that? Well, what happened was, you know, he needed to supplement, uh, you know, he needed to make some money because he wasn't making money as, as a clam digger. So he bought a cesspool truck. Yeah. And he would do that as kind of a side job. I think he was working with somebody. And then, uh, you know, he's a plumber and a and, and, and plumber. I, uh, I have great respect for plumbers. <clears throat> oh, they're, they're awesome. They're great. Is uh, he a licensed plumber? You're a yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like a plumber comes in and I sat and watched him do this thing on the base of my toilet. You know, it took him like three hours, but I was so fascinated that he knew how to do it. And I felt that, but just by me watching him do it when he was done, part of me felt like I did it a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I was part of it. You could probably do it in like six hours. Sure, sure. The, I did. the funny thing is, is he, he probably could have done it in an hour, but he did it. <laughs> in three hours so you could charge you more dude when i told when i was on stage in north carolina and i was talking about it because it would just happened i had this plumbing problem and i told the north carolina crowd how much i paid for it in la and they're, they're like, like what Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that's a 300 dollars job i paid the guy like 800 bucks to do this thing oh no what, right. is, what, what was it what was it because i because uh, i'll you know i i went on i went once my dad started doing that, yeah. I would go on jobs with him more oh, often. Oh, really? I would clean cesspools and we would put sulfuric acid in. Like, I, I can't, I think back of like the crazy shit that I was doing with my dad as like a 12 year old. I was carrying like, like two five gallon things of sulfuric acid to, or 10 gallon things of sulfuric acid to dump into like cesspools and stuff. Is that what you clean cesspools with? Well, you do that to kind of break up the the bottom because cesspools basically kind of Get seep sediment. into the ground, oh, and so right. like if it gets hard on the bottom, then that's why they fill up so quickly. So you want to break that that hard stuff up at the bottom. The hard sedimented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hard poop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no. Uh, what happened was, you know, the 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 base of the toilet. There's a there's a bracket and there's a wax seal. You know, over like it sits yeah. over a hole. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, like I'd always known the toilet was a little shaky since I got it. So the wax seal had completely gone. Right. And the, the, the bolt-on bracket thing was uh, rusty out. Right. So the so toilet- every time was, you sat down, it would go- Right. It was just perched over a hole. Yeah. And eventually, like, it started leaking from the tank. Yeah. So he had to come in, pull out that old rusted out bracket, put a new one down, put a new wax seal in yeah. and bolt it on. Yeah. Not a small job. He had to dig some shit out, right? Yeah. Dig some- <laughs> all he had to do is all he had to do is like turn off the water, disconnect the right, move the toilet, mo- you know, un- undo the bolts, put that but shit up. But it was up. rusted out. Yeah. Well, did he, he did he replace the ground? Yeah. 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 He put the, some cement in there and he replaced oh, okay, it. Okay. Right. He put he, the he, whole he, new bracket on top. Took out the rusted one. All right. Put the wax seal. So you had some damage. It was old. Yeah. See, well, it was just it was. I don't think it was ever done properly. Is right. what what happens when you buy houses in L.A. is that you get a lot of handyman work. You never know how you're wired or what's oh, going to no. catch on fire. We just bought we just bought a house and uh, they just I had to had to within two weeks of buying it. We bought yeah. it in November. The roof was just like leaking in yeah. like seven different places. So we just had somebody redo the roof, and the, and the guy, the guy was looking at it, he's like, oh man, <laughs> he's just like I'm like what? He's like, well, they put like two inch strips of wood in here. I'm like, he's like, that's why it's bending because. Yeah. But this is yeah. Not, this is not an interesting. Story. Sure, it is. No, it's it's just it's amazing that there there because I think unlike other places, there's a complete handyman culture out here. Like people 
who own houses just get their guy. Someone recommends a guy. Oh, I got right. a guy that'll do that. Right. And none of these guys necessarily know exactly what they're doing or do no. anything right. So you end up like my house at one point, the lights just started going on and off. Like, you know, like like flaring up and then going off. And I had these uh, Bulgarian electricians come over and they're like, oh, dude, you're in trouble. Like the whole thing had been wired with tape and solder. There it's was like, this is wire from 1936. Uh, and 46 and 77. No, just like layers of shit that could yeah. just go up and flame. Where'd you Fab- buy a house? The fabric, the fabric. Uh, oh yeah, uh, fabric. Wiring. Oh, some of that. Where'd you buy a house? Uh, over by Lake Hollywood. You know where Lake Hollywood is? I do know where Lake Hollywood you is. You know where that flat dog park is, where like everybody brings a dog, and then when a guy comes, you're not supposed to walk your dog. So and then everybody puts their dog. I don't nobody... know that part of it. Well, it's right by the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. Um, Corolla lives up there. Perhaps. Yeah. You don't know your neighbors? Go, go over I to don't know, I don't uh, know all these celebrities. Go buzz his my... gate. <laughs> go buzz the gate of Corolla's we don't have a We don't have a gate, so he's in a very different area. Oh, yeah. He's like up on a hill. You can. He's got an office with a car in it. Isn't that nice? Yeah, he's got, a, he's got his garage. Like then... Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly what it's like. He's It's built over the garage so he can change the car and elevate it into the office space. God. Huh? Isn't that what you need? When you're thinking, like, what do I need in my house? A car. car. I yeah. gotta get a car in my house. So, uh, all right, so you're running around cleaning cesspools in Long Island, yeah. w- working with your dad, being yeah. a plumber, and uh, what? how did you, what was the dream? You Kind of jockey, right? You can, can I put that on you? You, well, you? I think you played football. I did not play football. Okay, I, well, I played. I played. I played, like, football, like, when I was, like, Little, little and little. everybody, but you weren't in high school. You were you know. no. I played sports and I played. So I played basketball and um. Like I didn't little, mean to project a little track. No, I, I get it. I knew that was coming. What, what, what did you prepare for that? <clears throat> Well, yes, of course. For for the two hundred episodes or two hundred plus episodes that I've listened, <laughs> you prepared for it. Marin's going to come at me with the jock thing. Just no, no, no. Well, I knew, but but um, I did, I did, um, but I but I I did plays as well, and so. Uh, it's actually, um, you were a jock, uh, drama guy hybrid. Yeah. Jock drama club hybrid. Yeah. 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 Well, that's an important role and thank you for doing that. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to cross over and just make everybody feel, everybody hate me. (laughs) No, no, you were, it must've been, uh, kind of tricky. It was tricky. It was tricky. And then I was put on a spot by a coach at a certain point who cornered me in high school and said, Hey Marino, you're going to play basketball next year or this year? Or are you going to do that fag acting? (laughs) He did. I still remember. I mean, it, it, it's it's a it's such a uh, specific like memorable like moment in my life that That's pushed best. me into exactly what I've wanted to do. That is like the two worlds right there. He got it. It's yeah. like you know they you know because those kind of guys they protect the world that they're in and that they're that's the only way they're going to see it. Those kind of people are never going to see theater as anything like hey, there he's dancing around singing that kid. Yeah. I was he cuz he had to let me go cuz the deal was I would play cuz I was tall mm-hmm. or taller mm-hmm. for the school I was in. Yeah. So I I I played basketball and I would either come late the junior varsity coach would let me come late to practice or leave early for to for the plays. Yeah. That was that's what I asked <laughs> in order to play I would I said can I do this. Right. And he would let me do it. Right. And then the varsity coach uh came up to me and I remember he <laughs> cornered me in the locker. It was so weird. It was very weird. Wait, what did he say? We could he play? said are you he said Marino, you're going to play you're going to play basketball this year, or are you going to do that fag acting. <laughs> and I and I and I was like and I remember, and I could be making this up, it's like, right. like it's a fucking it's like memory a, is. T- teen movie, but yeah. I was like, I'm going to do the acting, thanks. And that was it. I'm going to do the fag acting. I'm going to do fag <laughs> So then I didn't play basketball the, that year. 
And were you doing? Uh, did were, did you sing and dance? I did. Yeah, I did. I sing. I sang and danced. Well, that's what you do, and that's what you do in high school. In, yeah, in high bye school, bye birdie. You do, yeah, you do musicals. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then like you know, maybe you'll do the Odd Couple, or yeah. you, maybe you'll do like you know whatever. <laughs> but did you, but you liked it. I loved it. Are you kidding? I, I love hearing that. I love hearing those stories. I like when guys who are like because I, I had a roommate. My roommate in college, Lance, was you know he's a pretty jockey kid, but he loved to sing and dance. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I. I, you, I don't know if I was jockey. I don't. I mean, I. I well, no, you're just a big guy, you know, and, and I think it's what people would put on you. They're like it, when you grow up, you're like that kid seems like you know. If kid. you go out to Long Island and if you look at like the guys who were jockey, yeah. on Long Island yeah. when I was there. You might say, "Oh no, he's he's not Jackie." Like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were big dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I again, I was like, kind of, I was big enough to to play, but I wasn't really that super. I like sports, but I wasn't interested in like who's playing on what team. No, or, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we were talking about this, like you were asking, we were talking about Iggy Pop. Yeah, I like Iggy Pop, but I don't, I can't. I'm not one of those people who like know every oh, yeah. song or every yeah, album sure, and sure. stuff i'm just like oh no i like that i yeah. don't like that yeah you know? i'm the same way i mean like if i if i well sometimes i'll lock in on one thing where i'm like i gotta know all about that yeah you know i got if i want to be that guy's fan i better and i'll buy all the records and i'll still won't i still won't listen to them but i'll have them <laughs> I, I, i'll have them all set i just got into oddly being from long island i should have been into this my whole life but bruce springsteen yeah it takes time sometimes and and uh, like you know, just started like binge yeah. listening to Bruce Springsteen. I was like, oh, I oh, I get it. But now, if you ask me, like the songs that I was listening to literally for like three months straight, just mm -hmm. listening to over and over and over again, I can maybe name two of them. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm the same way. And then someone hums it, and you're like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's what's great about music is that you can come back around to it. There's a lot of shit that I missed. And then eventually, you're just sort of like, why didn't I? And it but doesn't it's matter. Great, but yeah. it's great to get into something later, like. I'm so glad I got to experience Bruce Springsteen now. Sure, because 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 it's a little gift. It was a gift. Oh yeah, it's hearing like, something for the first time, no matter when it happens, is the greatest fucking thing in the world. The best. When, like I, and 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 some of his songs, like uh, what was the one, uh, the the river? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And and like I literally like would weep in my car. I'm like, what the fuck? And was like, I'd pull over and be like, let's go listen to this again. I call, you know, like I call up a friend. I'm like, hey, you got to hear this song. He's like, yeah, the river. Yeah, <laughs> it's been around a while. Yeah, the river. Yeah, um, that's fucking great. But it, you, just speaking of like things that you get into later. Yeah, that I'm I'm binge watching. Uh, Breaking Bad right now. Oh yeah, which I know that you, you yeah watch all the, and I'm right now I'm in the middle of the last season, yeah. and and um uh and I, I I can't stop watching it. But it's again it's sort of like a treat. It's like I I it's the best way to watch is like when it's all done and you can just plow through. It's great, and yeah. it, you know it doesn't disappoint, which is really cool. Oh no, never. That's fucking. It's it's bizarre to me that like I don't know how the genius of that works. I'm doing you know 13 episodes of my show and I'm like, what the fuck are we gonna do? You know, and <laughs> it's like we've done 10 of these. Now we're doing 13 more. I'm about done. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm out of shit. Well, you got to start cooking meth. Yeah. I, well, that was uh, that was one of the ideas. <laughs> but uh, uh, when you guys, all right, so you go, you start out in Long Island. Wait, I'm gonna just hold what? you for one second. I'm going to like. Like make a like a, a gross noise because of like sort of like post nasal drips. So do, you here need we go. A, do you need a? No, minutes? I just want to know if you have like a like a like. No, a, we'll take it out. A later. mute button. No, Ready? No, yeah.
Uh, so much better. I remember that noise from uh, uh, cocaine. Is that? that? Was, yeah, sure. It kind of builds up. And yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that was a treat when you were on coke, because that, that post-nasal drip was filled with coke. Uh, and you could just like... And like but isn't ah. that stuff like kind of... It's a little bitter. Sometimes. Yeah. It depends what they cut it with. I didn't like coke. You didn't like it? Was yeah. not your thing? No. Good. You lucked out. I don't like it. Was it just a booze guy? One time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Old school. Whiskey. Yeah. I'm not a, uh, my friends, uh, my friend, my old friend says that I'm um, uh, a, a mean drunk when I drink whiskey. But when I drink everything else, I'm fine. Yeah? Yeah. I know, yeah, whiskey make you mean. Vodka makes, it makes you mean. Yeah. Yeah, because it goes right to the point. It goes right to that part of your brain where it's <laughs> the fuck you part. But not anymore. Now I'm at peace. I don't, I'm not mean. No, I'm not at all. You don't seem mean. But you were, you were mean? I'm, I think when I was like in my, you know, 20s. So right around when you were in the state? When I was in the state, when I drank too much whiskey, I would like get a little ornery. So how'd you end up at, uh, you ended up at NYU? I did end up at NYU. Yeah. That's it. But that's a, that was a good program. It was a good school. So you must've done okay in high school. Honestly, I don't, I don't, I think I got a nice letter of recommendation. I don't, I was never like a great student. I wasn't terrible. Yeah. I just was, I just kind of got by how I want, how I got by. And then I got in there for the acting program. But when you were in when you were in high school and you were doing the, the things outside of just the general experience of being on stage, was there a moment where you where you realized like oh, this is fucking great? Where you got your first laugh, or was there a specific play? Yeah, the, I got into. I wanted to act since I was in like fourth grade. Yeah, because um, I I went um, my my sister and myself won this like two week thing to like a church camp. Yeah, on Shelter Island. Yeah, when we lived on Long Island. And we went to it, and the, uh, we did a play. My the my age group did a play at the end of the year, and I had never acted before, and I never wanted to. But I was like kind of a, a clown, little mm -hmm. class clowny kind yeah. of guy. And uh, we did the Prodigal Son, and I was the Prodigal Son, so I got to like fuck around, yeah. and and then like leave, and then come back, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> and um, the day we had to do it for all the other age groups, I got cold feet and i locked myself in the bathroom and then my sister came and talked me out of the bathroom yeah like, she's two years older than me talked me out of the bathroom and then i came out and i went on stage and this was the first time that i remember being on stage the first time i was affected by kind of like oh i want to do this yeah and people laughed at me yeah doing the artificial fart under the arm whatever the yeah, fuck yeah. i was doing yeah and I was like, "Ooh, th oh, I like, oh, I like that. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, the um, juice. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was, a and little, that was it. That Seed was, was it. planted. Yeah, and then at that point, I just, I, I, you know, then I just wanted to be an actor. And you, you okay? So you do it, and then you're going to commit your life to it. You're going to go to <laughs> fourth, fourth grade. I was like, I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> I don't need <laughs> school. I'm ready to go. Tell my parents. You I need, know what? Need headshots. Honestly, that's basically what happened. But you didn't do any professional acting until later. No, 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 no. Your, were your parents like, what are you doing? No, they were very supportive. They were great. Yeah? yeah? All the way through? All the way through. So, all right, so you go, so you graduate high school, and then you move into New York. Did you, were you one of those guys in high school who used to go into the city and fuck off and then, you know, come back or? No. I mean, really. I, my, my mother would take us into, she would take us into the city to see plays on Wednesdays because it was half price tickets. Wasn't it exciting when you're a kid the and you drive into the city? Because you could really feel it. You know, you're like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. No. It, I was in Jersey and my grandmother would take us in. It was just, we'd take a bus in. And it was like, holy shit. I still feel that way now, living in 
because I lived there f- for 12 years yeah. from college, and then I lived on it for 12 years uh, until I was around 30. But um, I still feel that way when I fly in now. Yeah. And I come, you know, you get off, yeah. you get out of J- JFK, and then you drive in, you, you know, you like, you yeah. come out of the tunnel. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, I feel like, oh my God, I'm in New York City again. Yeah, yeah. I still feel that same yeah, way you, that I felt when I was a kid. It, you get jacked. Yeah. When you learn how to, it's a really amazing thing because I've noticed it. Like, I don't mind living out here. It's pretty. There's space. And, you know, That's and great. I've got my own, you know, territory. But uh, when you spend like a decade or more in New York and you, you innately, instinctively know how to function there, it's great. Like, you, you, there's none of that sort of like, oh, where do I, I go? Yeah, what do I do? Let's oh, yeah. just get on the train. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, there's that. So should we take a cab? No. And you, you know, never take a cab. And you know you can like just kind of like, you know, I have I have like a, a half a day. Let me just walk around. Yeah, like, yeah. Go downtown down. and like, like the, you know, Chinatown. I'm just going to walk around Chinatown and look at like weird fucking food. food. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a mushroom? What is that? They dig that up? Yeah, I want to uh, eat that. Yeah. How do they use that? That's always a big yeah, question. Yeah. How did, have I eaten that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I fucking love it because you can really get a buzz from it. I, I don't really. Do you ever get nostalgic for it? I don't really ever miss. I don't want to live there again. But uh, but every time I go for a few days, it's great. Yeah, I, I I feel like the only way I would live there again is if I was like super wealthy and I can buy a place and then yeah. I can go there and hang out. Right, and, have that place. Yeah, you want to go to the New York place? Yeah, let's go to the New York place for a couple of you know weeks or a Wouldn't month. That and just be like, great. Yeah, yeah it would be awesome. You got a plan for that? Uh, it's never gonna happen. But <laughs> that will stop. Maybe it'll happen. Come on. No. So when you uh, when you get to uh, to NYU for that program. Uh, how quickly did you meet those uh, the state guys? I think I've how many of you guys have I interviewed? You interviewed everybody except uh, Michael Jan. Yeah, Michael Jan. I have you not. Do Michael Jan? You did David. You did Mike Black. Uh, you've had a running thing with Mike Black. You've Still done Showalter, David Wayne. You did Kerry. Did yeah. you Kerry? Yeah. yeah. You learned about Cake Like. You did yeah. uh, Latruglio in a live show. Yeah. You did. You didn't do Kevin Allison. I did, but I lost it. Oh, really? So sad. No, what? you did, but you you've you've called him. He talked about like kink camp and shit like that. Right? Like, you it, did like a pre thing. Yeah, because I wanted to help him out. Uh, but he was. Um, but we did a live one, I think. But he came in here, and there was a problem with the file. Really, and it was fucked up. And it's only happened a few times, but you know, and, and there was, I kept thinking like, oh my God, I'm never going to get that back. He's never going to talk about, uh, you know, having sex with Asian men. And I'm like, yeah, he right, will. No, he will. He'll talk about it. He'll talk, he'll talk about it the next time you see him. I thought like, this is amazing. This, oh, he'll do it again. <laughs> it's not going to be a problem. That's his bread and butter. Yeah. Tom Lennon. And, Tom, and, uh, did you do Ben? Yeah. Ben on a live one. Tom and Ben on a live one. Then Tom in here. Yeah. I know you did Tom. Is that all of them? And then there was the other guy, the the well, what's his name, the one who started it, but he's not really Todd Hollebeck. Hollebeck. Yeah, yeah. I reached out to Hollebeck. Yeah. Uh, at one point, and uh, it was not. It didn't. Yeah, no. No, it didn't happen. Well, he's in like Korea right now, teaching English or something. Right. He's he's sort of added a game. Yes. And uh, he's I think, an artist. He does like these sculptures, and he's he's right. kind of fascinating. You can. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting, but I, I think at the time I was like, I think what I wanted him to do was uh, be uh, to actually play a part. As the uh, the bitter guy, the disgruntled, yeah. And, but you did something like that, right? But it was a fake on David Wayne's, right? One. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I had a guy do that. I don't know where that guy is. The guy who did that, Dave Waterman. He's a funny guy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was weird. It was I remember weird. listening to that and being like, "What? What? What's going on? Why is he doing? Why this? is he do- what? Like, 
Who is this? Is, this is out of this is not the language of the show. What, what? Well, that was when I was still doing uh, third acts, and sometimes I would do right, characters. Right, right. But how did you uh, how did you get involved with it? What's your what was your uh, your well, experience? I, was, I went to NYU for acting, and yeah. then uh, I was a year older than most everybody else in the group David yeah. Wayne was my my year and yeah. Todd was my year and then everybody else was a year uh, after so I was there for a year just taking acting classes at um, uh, I was at Lee Strasberg Institute who was the, did you have any famous teachers um, there's a guy named David Gideon and Jeffrey Horn and yeah. you know the, the, the people that they and then uh, uh, was, was Lee Strasberg's wife at the time, or was his? Was she? He died. Yeah, uh, Anna Strasberg, I think. Uh huh. She was around, but she didn't teach. She just kind of walked around. Yeah, as, the, as, as a representative yeah, of the yeah, old timey. Yeah, yeah. uh, that was like but right, I had good on, teachers on Lafayette, right? Or yeah, somewhere? yeah, yeah. It's right, like right off uh, that park, right over there uh, on Fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is that? What park is that? Uh, Union, Square, Union Square. Yeah, Union Square, yeah, yeah. Right, right off there. Okay, so how did the how did the the state come together for you? Uh, well, I was friends with Todd Hollebeck yeah. and um, and David Wayne. I was friends with David, and, yeah. and David was in this other sketch group called the Sterile Yak. Oh, okay. Um, which Mo Willems, you know Mo Willems? I don't. I know Mo Willems name. is a he's a he writes kids book. He writes yeah. children's books right now. He's yeah. a really funny guy. Yeah. But it, back then he was in a sketch comedy group that he kind of over you know was kind of the the guy the head of it. Yeah. And David Wayne was part of that group. Yeah. And then. Um, uh, Todd was in that group. And yeah, he didn't like he he I, maybe he didn't feel like his voice was being heard or whatever. But he, he wanted a more democratic kind of environment to do sketch. Yeah, and so he broke away and started his own group, and um, and then so he had auditions, and I happened to be friends with him. He's like, ah, I'm doing these, I'm I'm auditioning people for the sketch group, and I'm like. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And he's like, you should come audition. I'm like, I don't want to wait in line. He's like, ah, oh, just just come in. Just come to the front <laughs> and come in and, and do something. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Do you, and and so what did you do? What did you have to do? I don't know. You don't remember? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I can't. I, I think they had written something and you and you read it. Yeah. Like, I didn't come in like like an right. SNL sketch where, sketch where, or I mean, an SNL audition where I would do characters and stuff did you audition for snl you must have no never did no i had no i had no desire to do it because i sketch was not something that i was like oh my god i want to do sketch in right. my life right uh but then when i fell in with the state guys who were amazing um uh, you know i feel like i i that i did it like yeah. i did what i i did what i wanted to do and i worked with these really incredible people and so what would I, I I wasn't like oh my and then I now I got to th this is just a stepping stone to do SNL for me the state was was my SNL like the state right. was like what I wanted to do you just wanted to act yeah and I wanted to act but then when I was with those guys it you know that was my that was my college that was my right. comedy college so then I got you know then I then I wanted to write and I wanted to I realized I wanted to direct and I wanted to do comedy and create characters and. But I never lost the acting bug that I had, you know. Yeah, I mean, it sort of com it all comes together. But you were in terms of like, uh, you know, wanting to be. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, because none of those guys, I, when I think about it, n no one really went on to SNL from the state, did they? No, I think I think Carrie Carrie had an audition, or right. w w I think, but I don't I don't recall anybody. I, we you know we were kind of big. Well, just we we we. We thought our shit was the yeah. shit. 
at yeah. the time we were in our 20s and we're like we're fucking funny you know yeah, we, yeah. we could we, we're, we're doing our own thing you know right. like so i don't think we wanted to i don't think any of us were like we're, let's do this so we can get on snl we were right. like let's let's we're doing do it. do our own thing yeah and become the next snl whatever. right 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 maybe to a fault you know maybe, no i think well that seems to be somewhat of the narrative I mean, that i've heard is that how you remember it well i i well when i talk to you guys <laughs> i mean i think that once you know when mtv kind of uh when you got the opportunity and it became so huge, I mean, you were pretty huge for a while. There was no way you couldn't think that. I, I, huge for MTV, but I don't, we weren't huge for MTV. Like we were, there was a niche little audience that liked us because we and were And they kind still of like cool. you. That's the amazing thing about the state that the, for, you planted the seed in these kids yeah. and they all still follow you. Well, I mean, I think we, I think because we had like a unique voice at the time and I think we were, do, because we didn't, we weren't trying to be like, some other sketch comedy right. although you know there were there were you know we we definitely kind of aped some of the people that inspired us like Monty Python yeah. or SNL but we tried to do our own thing and i think we stumbled upon something kind of special no oh, no i definitely and it, it's it's had a lasting impact yes and i'm surprised i'm surprised i think one of the reasons it, it it's 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 had that lasting impact is because it was so hard to get for a while so people who were into it uh, who watched it on MTV couldn't get it for like 10, 11 years right. on DVD because right. we used the music from MTV and then uh. it was a big licensing thing. And so then it became like a bootleg thing. Right. And so that kind of made it a cool oh, that's interesting. A cool underground thing to get. Like, oh, I have all the seasons on, yeah, yeah. on, right. know, yeah, yeah. D, uh, on uh, VHS. Yeah. You know, here it is. That's wild. He couldn't pull the music. So all the music was- No, there. so Craig, you know Craig Wedren from Shutter to uh -huh. Think? Craig Wedren uh, uh, did all the music, or a lot of the music, um, and Teddy Shapiro did some of it too, uh, for our show, and so he had to re go back and rescore anything, like if we used Led Zeppelin. Oh, like, yeah. Back then, we were able to pull like Led Zeppelin, sure. the Stones, right. Michael Jackson, you know? right. and, th and then, of course, like now if you look at what we shot... It would it would be millions and millions and millions of dollars <laughs> to put, put it out, yeah. you know, just oh, for the music. That's, that's like a bummer, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, so so there's a lot of sound alikes now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. You can just use those. I got to use those, like because we're so, shooting now. When you want to do it, like it would be funny. Like what well, in the record oh, yeah. story? You should put something. Yeah, I can't. It's no, like, was I guess it was always like that. But they're real meticulous about that shit. Oh, it's changed completely. Changed. Yeah, they'll they'll try to get money out of anything. A record cover. One note. I, guess, I suppose it's. I mean, it's great for the musicians. Sure. Yeah. No, but, I, I but, don't want. I don't want to begrudge Jimmy Page but it's, a, <laughs> a few dollars. Yeah, I know that guy's struggling. He needs something. Yeah. yeah right. He needs to put a car in his garage. I but mean, I, in his house. But I like the idea that uh, at some point you were like, uh, like, oh, these other guys are doing it. Like when you did uh, when everyone was in What Hot American Summer. That was a game changer, right? In what sense? What do you mean? What was a movie? It was a movie for those guys. It was exciting. It was exciting that David and, and Show wrote a movie and that they were getting a chance to do it. That was exciting. Yeah. And it was exciting that they asked me to be in it. That was yeah. great. But what it was a game changer for me because prior to that, like when the state ended or we stopped kind of making money. Yeah. And so we all had to kind of go off and do our own thing. I came out to L.A. and I started doing. Um, Episodic. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I I flew out because I had booked uh, uh, a few good men. I replaced a guy from the Ron Eldard actually from who left the show for uh, uh, Men Behaving Badly. Right. And so then, like all of a sudden, I was out here and I was doing like a series, and, and then that got canceled, and then I was out here. 
Yeah. And then I was like, and then I'll do another thing and it does it go or a pilot or, you know, and so that's, I was in that game. Yeah. And when I wasn't doing pilots and things like that, I was doing guest spots and, yeah. and I was, and I, all of a sudden I was not doing like big, broad, ridiculous characters or silly sketches. I was the nice guy boyfriend who doesn't wind up with the girl because yeah. I was just a guest on the show. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and so that's and You're that, a guest on the show. You're a guest on the show. Say <laughs> your lines. <laughs> you're let, not going to get the girl. Set up the joke. Let her say the joke and then and leave. And so I was like, okay, that's, you know, and I was getting paid. Yeah. And, uh, were, you, were you discontent with that or were you all right with it? I started to kind of just get, it's, it's just hard. You, when you, when you have, we had a lot of control, even though the state was not like this big, big thing. Right. It was special, and it was our voice, and we controlled it. Right. And so then all of a sudden, I got and 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 we were successful enough to pay like our bills mm-hmm. right out of college. Right. So that was Big, that was yeah. a victory, right? Yeah. So then when that stopped, I came out here and I was getting work and I was paying my bills doing this stuff, but it was not as satisfying because I was just a hired gun or hot, not even you know like a hired you know Bit slingshot. Player. Yeah. Uh, to say some stuff, you yeah. know, or if I was lucky, I would get like they were, I did a couple of series, and they all immediately got canceled, you know. Um, I can't. I don't know. I you know, I, I never got into that game because like I would go on 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 an audition, and it would just be so the rejection would be too much for me to deal with. Like there were because there's never any way to know why you didn't get something usually. Uh, you know, it's got to go through three people. They, you know, the casting agent tells your the agent, then the agent tells the manager, and then the manager lies to you. Right, and then they kind of like soften it up, or yeah, they're like, yeah. ah, they just you know. Yeah. But, but uh, so yeah, so I so I didn't uh, I didn't enjoy. It wasn't fulfilling. Right. And then those guys said, hey, do you want to uh, do this movie? We're doing right. this little movie, Wet Hot. So I went and did it. And that's where I met Paul and, uh, right. and, you know, got to know Amy Poehler a little bit more. I met 80 Miles. That was 80 Miles and I were the first guys who got to set. You know, we, we all stayed at a camp. Yeah. And um, I had just worked with Chris Maloney and then he came, worked on that. And all these people, like, and plus all my buddies from the state. And it was a really special experience because we all were at this camp for 29 days. It was raining most of the time. We were sleeping at the camp. We'd wake up and we'd do, you know, do it's our like scenes. Being a camp. It would be it was like being a camp, <laughs> but with all these like really cool people: Bradley Cooper, Michael Black. It's and, amazing how many. It's like almost everybody went on to do to have pretty big careers. Liz, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, wild. I, I, well, I mean, yeah. People, people. There were some really talented people yeah. on that. But what for me it was a great experience because um, I realized, oh, that's. That's what I want to do, and that's how I need to focus uh, the rest of my career, which is work with people you love and respect and um, who are very creative and funny and create things. Yeah. And surround yourself and don't like – you know, I could do the other thing. Like I can go on audition for stuff, but like if I want to feel fulfilled with the thing that, you know, that, th- that bug that I got when I was in fourth grade – you know, I, I I need to be around people that I have fun with, and I need to be able to kind of help create it in some way. And so, um, so from that point on, I I started to kind of get back 
in more involved. I started writing yeah. you know, my movie and, right. I, and you know trying to produce things or write things and direct things. And that's and, interesting that you know it took like you said that there was a competitive nature that kind of kicked in. It's like, oh, if David can do it. I, well, I mean, I think I think I was very lucky to be with a group of people who were really talented and really funny. Um, and there was a, always a competitive nature, but it wasn't like, a, it didn't have a negative Right, it wasn't like, I'm going to kick your ass. No, it was, it was a, like, if they're doing it, I'm, you know, they, yeah. we, we motiv- I think we motivated each other, consciously right. or unconsciously. And that when you guys were in the state, were there any, uh, like, who was in charge? Who was in charge of the state? It was, I mean, Todd created this environment where everybody had a say. And right. so There weren't power struggles? Not really, not really power struggles. I mean, I, there were people who were good at different things, you yeah. know, um, and there were personalities that, you know, kind of came to the forefront of the writing or the performing or kind of how we're going to attack it in directing it or, you know, like. Did everyone get to direct their own stuff? No. No. I mean, uh, we all sort of threw right. in directing wise, but like um, like Mike Jan was the director, the official director of like the big, uh, you know, uh, location shoots. Uh-huh. And David Wayne was the kind of running gun gorilla. We're just going to like three of us run out with, you know, right. a, a mic and, and, and some fucking pencils and we'll do something, you right. know. And... But everybody kind of helped direct like any any stuff we did in the uh, in front of a live audience, you know, right. the studio stuff. So we all kind of pitched in and we all helped each other. That schooling or that that type of education that I got there, yeah, uh, uh, was great. But when I came out here, it was a very different vibe. Oh, yeah. And I and I guess maybe that's those those however many years before we did Wet Hot, I was like, oh shit, th- that was special it's not like that I have to just kind of be by myself and look out for myself and nobody's yeah, and you're just one of fucking thousands of guys yeah and it was just weird it was just weird it's, to it, kind it, of uh, adapt to that and figure out how to um, um, kind of maneuver through well, this town well the first that first wave of, of of coming out here it's it's really isolating and weird and you know and and we're all think we're we're special somehow because that's what we we do we're look at me i'm right. a thing and then you get out here it's like yeah you're just another thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of kind of go through the heartbreak of of just plowing through that shit yeah it's you know it's not it's not it's not the business part of it is not easy or fun or um, anything I look forward to. It's kind of gross and hard. And but what I've what I've realized is um, you just I, I and it's affected my personal life in some way. I don't <clears throat> I don't uh, get excited or or bummed out about anything anymore. Hmm. I just kind of if as soon as I'm done with something, I walk away from it and I immediately forget it. Yeah, to try to survive as you know, business like as a professional in this town, for me not to break down and like lose my mind, I'll do something and then immediately like let it go and not think about it. It took a while to do that, but it's helpful because it's basically having a you know thick skin and not think. But um, but now it's kind of in my life, I just forget everything, and I also it's hard for me to get excited or sad about things. I, I I think I, I have a little of that. You get sort of it's not a callousness, but it's almost self protective. Yeah, because you don't want to get your heart broken every fucking five minutes because something didn't work out or it didn't go. Because once you do the work, so much of it is out of your control. That's right. Yeah, 
and you're just sort of like, all right, I thought that was good. Uh, yeah, see what happens with it. Well, and but it, but it's, 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 there is a freedom to it. There are pluses to it. Sure. You walk into a room and you're like, I'm going to do my thing. Yeah, I don't give a shit about <laughs> what you think my thing is. I'm just going to do it. It took me a while to get there. Yeah, and I'm just going to do it. Yeah. and you may, and then. I will take, you know, like you don't, you never know what somebody's going to say. Sometimes they'll be like, "Great, thank you." Sometimes yeah. they'll be like, "Why did you change that line?" And then you just have to be like, willing to kind of have that conversation. But, um, but ultimately, there's a freedom to just go in and honestly not care what anybody thinks. And usually, you get the job. Usually, there's a better chance of you getting the job if you don't, if you don't give, give, a fuck. give a fuck at all. Yeah, it, it takes a while to but get But you there. can't walk in with a fucking chip on your shoulder either. So there's like this fine line. Did you line do that? Like, huh? Did you used to do that? Sometimes. Like, I was, I, like sometimes in auditions, I would be like, at a certain point, like I'd read and I'd see that they weren't interested yeah. and there were like three scenes yeah. and like the courtesy sometimes is they'll be like, let them read the other th- yeah. two scenes. Yeah. And sometimes I'd be like, I don't yeah. have to read the next two <laughs> scenes, right? We're done here, right? Like I would, and I would test the what, like I would push it. Like I would be like, I'd be like, nobody, right? We, we both know that that's, we're done, right? And, I, and, and, and to put the shit on them to yeah. see how they would react. Yeah. And that was fun for a while. <laughs> For a while, and yeah. then you, you weren't getting many parts, and you're like, "Oh, maybe." Well, I'm like, what, "What? What am I doing? Like, c- clearly, that's confrontational. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I could just walk out." Well, how did you learn those things? Did you just learn them on your own? To, to not do that anymore? Did you make a decision? Did a, Did your wife tell you? Did you? No, you, you just. I think I learned it on my own. You just. Yeah. You just don't. You don't have to be confrontational. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm a. I don't know if I'm a confront. I guess I'm a confrontational person, or I'm, I'm a person who s- will put something out yeah. there's like weirdness yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. like to. I don't hold it in I'll right. be like hey this is weird and here's why let's talk about it <laughs> but but that's uh, but that's good I think it's healthy yeah yeah but yeah. sometimes it comes out you know because I'm I guess a Long Island guy yeah so it might come out sometimes a little aggressive yeah so all right so then you go it looks like you I mean you did a lot of shit and and I guess the great thing about being a funny guy and being a very specifically funny guy and also having you know the relationships you have with all the people you have you're definitely in that group of of uh cool funny people of your generation I mean you know they're you know with the state guys Cordry and now you're working with Duplass and those guys I mean you're you're in it I'm I'm working party down was huge right for you Party Down became this kind of culty, cool show that that people really got into in a real way. It was one of those shows where it's sort of like, oh, they're not doing anymore. Yeah, it's it was it's it it's nice to hear how much people like Party Down. And for me, it was a I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have. Um, it's a different type of part for me, so it was fun to and play how, that. How is that? How is it different? Like for you? Well. You know, I was playing like nice guy boyfriend for a while, yeah. and then when I read, the, um, you know, and and then and then lately I've been playing like kind of loud, uh, obnoxious, dickhead yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, but that particular part, I was shooting on a show, uh, Veronica Mars. That was a popular show too, right? Veronica Mars. It was a popular show. Yeah, it's a well, it's a well-written show. To and, and to, it's a, it was a good show with kids, right? I mean, it was with, with kids. Yeah, but it was like yeah. noir. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I was playing a kind of a slightly outrageous character on that. Yeah. And the guys working on that, Dan Etheridge and Rob Thomas, they had this script that they were trying to do with, uh, I think, Rudd and Car- uh, Steve Carell before yeah. both of those guys like blew up and became right. gigantic. Yeah. And that's originally they were shopping around with those guys, Party mm-hmm. Down. Mm-hmm. 
and then um, they couldn't get it going. And I had said, "Oh, let me read the script." And I read the script, and I was, and I read this Ron character. Yeah. And I was like, "Listen, if you ever do get it up and going, please let me read for Ron because I had a take on him. Yeah, that I would the way I would like to play him." And uh, and so they said, "Sure." And then pretty soon after, Veronica Mars got canceled, and Rob Thomas, the creator of the show, decided to take his own money and shoot the pilot of of Party Down at his house. And shop it around. So he put up his own money and then used that as a calling card to try to sell the show. And so he asked me and uh, Adam Scott and Jane Lynch um, to, uh, to to shoot it at his house for like a week. And we yeah. all got paid like 100 bucks. Yeah. And then he went around and, and, uh, and, and he what, sold it. And a year cool. later. How many did you do? 20. Yeah. Two, 10 a season. What, when you say you have a take on the guy, what was it that made you go like, oh, this, I got, this is the angle on this dude? I just, I just, you know, sometimes you'll read something and you're like, I don't know how to attack that right. character. Right. And I read Ron and I was like, oh, he's a guy who's got like a big dark cloud over his head always. Yeah. But he's trying his best to act like that cloud is not there, even though he can feel it and see it and probably has like moisture on him from the rain. And the, yeah. and so, so I was like, I, I, I have a take on, I yeah. have a take on this guy. I can, I can, I, I don't know if it's the right take on him. Right. But, um, but you, you know, felt it, you felt, I it. felt it. And so I, the nice thing about sometimes when you are offered something and not, you don't have to audition for it. Yeah. Um, you come in. You 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 have a you have a little bit more kind of creative uh, uh, freedom. Yeah. Because you're like, well, you gave it to me, so here's my take on it. Yeah. And as opposed to I'm auditioning, and they can go, well, can you tweak it? Can you do this? Can you yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I walked in, and I was like, I had a very specific character that I was like, I'm gonna do it this way. Yeah. And I came in with a you know a crew cut, and or a, you know high and tight. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, we didn't you know. Didn't see it that way. I, I asked about it. I didn't. I didn't just come in and surprise right. them, but they're like, "Okay, yeah, do that." And so I did it. And and to me, that informed the character and helped inform the character. And and that's how you put it together. You see, I never like. I don't know how to do that really because I'm not really an actor. But is that something you kind of learned from? Like when you make choices like that. That I mean, like I still don't quite understand how somebody builds a character. But it's that simple. I think simple, everybody huh? does it. Like no, it. I don't. Th- I think I, it's simple. It's it's. But like it's, he's got a cloud over his head and he's trying his best, but he can't seem to get out from under it. And that was enough to go on poetically. Yeah, sort of- I mean that, and and then I I you know, for me I like creating a look. Yeah. And that informed like you know so some actors don't need that some do. I like changing my hair or yeah. you know what I'm wearing will inform yeah. the character a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And um, that's all I need. So when when that didn't go, because, I mean, obviously a lot of people wanted it to keep going forward. Was that like, fuck? Um, it was a bummer, but like there's something beautiful about it being 20 episodes. Yeah, you know what right? I mean? Yeah. It has like, a nice ending to it. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to have done more. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's always this constant talk of like doing a movie or doing some some other party down thing. Yeah. I know that everybody involved in it had a great time. I yeah. loved it. And so I think if it, you know, everybody wants to do it. It's just a question of can, can it be done? And Burning Love got good attention. That's a funny show. Yeah, my wife wrote. Uh, my wife wrote it, and- Has um, she always been in entertainment? I mean, or, or I mean, is she a, was she a performer? Where'd you meet her? 
Uh, I met her. I met her at, um, at Jimmy Kimmel's show. Actually, Jimmy Kimmel's first show. Really? Yeah. So she was. Was she a writer? No, no. She she we were just both there and we met and we had you know we just kind of started talking and then I asked her out on a date and uh-huh. then we started dating and then um, she's an, uh, kind of an awesome writer yeah and she's now starting to get like um, a lot of. Uh, a lot of attention. Is that what she was though when you met her? Yeah. A writer? No, no, she just didn't write on Jimmy. No, no, she was just she was just there. You know, we I I went to I went because I was with some friends who were like, hey, let's go mm-hmm. see Kimmel's first show. I can get us in, and 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 I think she was the same. She was with some friends, and what's her name? Erica Oyama. Burning Love was her idea. Burning Love was her idea. Yeah, she watched like a you know like a lot of the Bachelor yeah. and Bachelorettes. Yeah, yeah. Do you watch them? I've seen them. You, yeah, you've seen I get them. it. Yeah. You, I think you would like Burning Love. No, I've watched some of them. They're yeah. funny. It's um, and so she she was like, "Hey, let's do." I, she wrote this short uh, for me and Adam Scott to do yeah. for like a funnier die thing. And then right. I read it. and I was like, "This would be a good web series. Let's yeah. see if we could sell it." Yeah. And so we did. And you sold it to Amazon. We went through um, Red Hour, uh, which is uh, Stiller's yeah. uh, company, and then they so, they they went to Paramount, and then Paramount sold it. To, then uh, they were. Tr- they we shot like a sizzle reel of it, which was like one day, and then um, we used that as a calling card. And as soon as we shot it, and people saw 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 yeah, so there it was. There it is. Where's Long that Island. guy? Long Island. Where's that guy? Uh, as soon as people saw it, yeah, they then it became like people were very interested in it, yeah, because they understood kind of what we were going for. Uh huh. And then uh, and then Yahoo bought it. Uh, how many did you do? We did three seasons. Yeah, we did three seasons. Each season is like fourteen episodes. Each ep- so it's it's about each each season is about three hours long. So it's it's sort of my Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, and you got Michael to do his thing. Michael Ian Black. We got Michael to do his thing. Michael is brilliant in it. Yeah, Michael he's, is especially. Uh, he's pretty brilliant at being Michael and doing that the thing. He can. He, there's some. He's very. Specific. He's one of the funniest guys yeah. ever. Yeah. He's he's super super funny. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't like it's 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 amazing how fast he can create yeah. a joke or a, an, you know, an, a, a kind of uncomfortable situation uh-huh. and make it funny. I've or, been in many of them. I know. Him. Yeah. I, know. I, I, we, I, read, I, read, I read Twitter. Yeah. But we do like each other. I mean, him and I are, you know, I don't, you know, we're okay. not. I'm serious. <laughs> he doesn't seem to. I mean, I think we like when I see him in, in real life. Yes. We're, we're just guys no. talking about business and no you guys are just playing yeah somebody yeah. playing for the people <laughs> yeah we, we play for keeps so yeah. man shit well he that's his but that's his angle i he know goes, he goes deep he I goes know. hard and i'll go i'll go yeah. I, i've got it's my... not fun though sometimes it's no, like it's, it's like painful. oh shit he's going yeah. deep yeah it's hurting me this that's why me. i always like uh, you know i'm like i'm not, I'm not <laughs> getting that shit i'm not getting involved in that shit how many he are... would eat me up yeah yeah he gets he was he's hard to beat he's hard to beat. <laughs> he's tough man <laughs> yeah, he's really he's yeah. quick and he's he's funny and he also is like i'm i don't i'm i'm not there's no boundary for yeah. me like i'm just gonna go yeah yeah i'll say this then. i'll be a dick I'll just go this way. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get a really but a funny thing. dick. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think if he does another CD, it should be called that. Funny, funny dick. dick. Yeah. <laughs> but are you? Uh, are you still? He's a. Sw- he's the, one of the nicest men in the world. I know. I know. I. I know. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Why you. does that pain you? It doesn't pain me. It's just because we are a lot. When you know, we don't hang out. 
and you know we know each other and, and every time the last time i had him in here i you know i tried to sort of get past right what, whatever his because we have a an issue there's an yeah. issue yeah about how i treated him when, when, and i still have that problem there's still something about us where we i really he really rubs me the wrong way sometimes right for real Right. But I like him and I respect him. Right. And I think he's a funny guy. Right. And I don't know if he feels the same way about me, but for some reason we can't, when we get together, we'll try to just be guys. Right. And then it just starts to happen again. Yeah, you yeah. know, whatever the fucking thing is. And yeah. it, like, he can't get out of it. Yeah. But if it's just him and I talking, it's fine. But like on the mics or in public, it's going to start. It's, there's no way around it. Sure. What? <laughs> you think I started? I don't think you started. I think you're, it's just your personalities are such that if you're uh, being recorded yeah. or people are listening, yeah. both of you need to make sure that you're like, <laughs> get that last little jab in. <laughs> so like, you might come at him with a like a mm-hmm. little dig that's yeah. sort of like a backhanded compliment or something, yeah. and then he'll call you on it, right. and then you'll be like, oh, fuck, I was really kind of giving you a compliment, it's just my style of giving yeah, a compliment, yeah. and then you'll go back and forth, and it, it'll just be this kind yeah, of- it never stops. Not that you started all the time. No. I didn't mean to say no, that. I think one of us needs to cry publicly with each other. That's what has to happen. That would be great. Yeah, and I, I, I could get there. Yeah? Yeah, but then he'd make fun of me. See, that's the problem. We can't cry with each other. But that's the thing. Like, Don't worry about him making it. Just cry. (laughs) If you just cry sincerely and he makes fun of you, he's going to be the dick. Yeah, especially if I can't stop crying. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So you are you? Uh, how many of you guys still talk to each other on a regular? Oh, we all talk to each other. I work with David Wayne a lot. Yeah. Um. You know, we wrote some movies together. And which uh, ones? We did Wanderlust and Role oh, yeah. Models and. Um, Wanderlust was good. I didn't see Role Models was a big movie, wasn't it? You yeah. Did pretty good. Role Models did really well. Yeah. And you wrote that Wanderlust not so much. It didn't do well, but I'm proud of it and I like it. Yeah, it's a fun movie. And you so, but you you're in touch with everybody. Kevin, even, um, I, you know, I keep in touch. W- I keep in touch with everybody. Kevin, Kevin's in New York, and mm. he's doing his own thing. He he's asked me to do Risk, um, and I I you know I've, I finally had to say to him I can't I, like to, he the show is about talking about like uh, embarrassing yeah. kind of moments. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I'd like I don't have the. I, I don't have that in me to talk about like awful things that I don't want to talk about, like terrible things that you like to keep things to yourself. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's right. not your angle. That's not my thing. So, um, but you have them. We all have them, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Like, so uh, you couldn't talk about like a teenage sexual experience. No. Kind of why would I want to? <laughs> because it's sweet. No, it's not sweet. <laughs> There's nothing. It's, I mean, I, I will say this. I like when other people do that on your show. Yeah. And I'm and on Kevin's show. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, that's not my cup of tea. You just want to keep it to yourself. Yeah, keep it close and tight. <laughs> yeah, man. But that, that's because you're not, I mean, it, well, it's, it, I think uh, I have to respect that. You have a you have a private life. That's right. Uh, you have your, your own memories and you're going to keep them to yourself. I'll talk about certain things. Yeah. 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 But not the, not the gnarly things. Maybe certain gnarly things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a case by case basis. <laughs> um, so but yes, I keep in touch with I keep in touch with the state guys. Um, David Wayne and I uh, have been working a lot together on a lot of different things. We work on a show called Children's Hospital together. That's a good show. Thank you. Um, and um, you know, Joe Latruglia and I have you know worked on things from time to time. Mike Black and I and yeah, uh, yeah, we keep in touch. And you have how many kids? Tom Lennon. Mm-hmm. You have how many kids? I have two children. 
How old are they? Six and four. That's exciting. It's great. Yeah, I kind of, I think I missed the boat on that, but you know, I think you didn't miss the boat on. What are you talking about? Yeah. Anthony Quinn was having kids uh, to he was like eighty nine. How those kids turn out? I don't know. We, <laughs> hey, they haven't robbed a bank. We haven't heard anything bad about them. Yeah, right. I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, kids do all right. Yeah. Well, but you were always a you were always gunning for that though. You seem like a guy that you're going to have a family no matter what, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I like. I like. Well, to me, it's the, it's it's the answer. Yeah. It's the reason for being. It is. Yes. And and that's just wired into you. That it never was a doubt. Um, no, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. No. Did you- I, I, when you say it's wired into me, it, you don't mean like it's been fed to me. You no, mean- no, I mean, I think everybody, I mean, I, I, as animals, we're supposed to have kids, but some people are like, ah, oh, maybe I'm going to, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, it's not, it wasn't like I need to have kids. Right. I'm just saying once I had kids, which I always wanted. Right. Um, I was like, oh, that's the answer for me. Yeah, That's what yeah, I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah, yeah. There's happiness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, that happiness, what comes with that happiness is a lot of stress and lack of sleep and um, this constant fear of something happening to your children, which sucks. Yeah. But the way I look at it is, you know, there's so much, for me, from my perspective, there's so much joy that comes with having a child that my head would explode. So there needs to be like a yang to that yin, right? Yeah. So that yang is, you also have to worry about like something terrible happening to them. And you, you know, you, like it, that's the only thing that brings me down from like ultimate joy yeah. is the constant <laughs> fear of like, oh God, are they going to be okay? Yeah, yeah. But- I think other, otherwise I'd be floating off into the heavens with like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. happiness of, yeah. of like these children who certainly drive me crazy at times. But um, uh, but it's but for me, that's everything else is not, like maybe that's why I'm enjoying what I'm doing professionally so much is because um, that's secondary, and the thing that's most important is uh, my family. Yeah, and I love it. Ah, uh, that's a sweet way to end, I think. Great. Thanks for talking to me, Ken. Hey, man, thank you. That's our show. I hope you enjoyed that. He's a nice guy, a level-headed guy, a grounded guy. I, I dare to say somewhat a normal fellow for one in our business. Can I say that? Hope you enjoyed that. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTFPod needs. Get the app. Get all the members of the state in your head. Upgrade to that premium for a few bucks and you can have all that stuff streamed into your brain justcoffee.coop don't mind if I do hold on pow look out I just shit my pants sorry that the hand thrown mugs went so quickly there is an actual potter behind those mugs so I can only make so many at a time he can I got nothing to do with Brian Jones's genius but he sent me 70 and that's what I had and that took a t- it takes time. This is handcrafted stuff, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry if you didn't get in. I'll try to think of a... Maybe I'll create a lottery so it's easier for you to, to get that stuff. Enjoy WTF Pod. All right? Dot com. Things are okay. They have to be okay. What's the, what's the, what's the choice? What are the choices? Just know that everything, as awful as it seems, fades. Fades. All those things you think are horrible right now will fade maybe they'll get worse maybe it's just a downward spiral but believe me 
get a little distance on something. It's just a just a weird memory, a compartment of your heart that you can activate if you open it or just keep it shut and look in the little keyhole of what's in there. Oh yeah, that sucked. God damn, did that suck. Just gonna keep that locked up. I'll take it out for a walk when I'm really sad. Boomer lives!